Hi, and welcome to episode, I guess this makes it 60, of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. This is a Tiki Oasis 16-inspired episode. Tiki Oasis will launch the same day that this episode goes live. And Tiki Oasis typically works in a theme for their yearly get-together. And in 2016, the theme is Monster. It's a bit of a loose theme. Uh, it seems anything from classic universal monsters to citizens of Monster Island are welcome. So in accordance with that, I've focused on Monster Island to bring you the Kaiju Kula, incorporating Denison-aged white rum and the thematically appropriate citrus, Yuzu. Now, Denison-aged white rum. I've had this rum in my cabinet almost since I bought the Denison Merchants Reserve. Now, fittingly, Tiki Oasis was my first introduction to Denison rum. Their Merchants Reserve was an eagerly, eagerly excuse me, anticipated rum uh, that I had procured on my way to Tiki Oasis 14, and it made such an impression on me as soon as I got there and made my first Mai Tai with it that I quickly went to a local San Diego liquor store um, to get a second bottle because I knew um, that I was going to actually run out um, while at Tiki Oasis. And the first episode I did when I came back from Tiki Oasis in 2014 was actually on Merchants Reserve. That's episode 30. You can find that in the show notes. Now, I very quickly also bought a bottle of their aged white rum, but I had it in the back of the queue and hadn't really talked about it on the show yet. So let's address that situation right now. Now, the Denison white rum, aged white rum, uh, appearance-wise, it, appearance-wise is a tall, clear glass bottle with a screw top. Um, my current bottle has an off-white label on both sides. I believe it's the same bottle that the Merchants Reserve uses with different labeling. I also believe that the branding is changing slightly, so I'll update my photos when I get the new bottle. I think it's going to look a little bit different. Um, and this is a white rum, so it's clear as spring water in the bottle and in the glass. Aroma-wise, the, the rum uh, it's very clean, smells with very little burn, maybe a hint of baking spice on the nose as well. And then if you go a little bit deeper in the glass, once it's uh, once you really get in there, there's maybe a little bit, a little hint of ethanol, um, a little astringency once it's agitated, like if you swirl it in the glass. And then I um, kind of came back to it after letting it sit in the glass for about 10 minutes and found um, more of a hint of some indeterminate fruits aromas replacing the baking spice. So that's an experiment that I'm doing. Well, not real experiment. That's something I'm, I've picked up recently. I'm trying to do a little bit more of, and that is um, leave it in the glass, you know, get an initial aroma, you know, nose around a little bit with it, and then kind of let it open up for 10 minutes or so, come back to it and see if it changes. I think that kind of accounts for some of the things that I had noticed before where when I would come back to a rum after having it in the glass for a little while, it would smell a little bit different and I'd pick something else up. Um, this is all very clearly a byproduct of me not being classically trained in uh, spirit or wine or beer tasting. But anyways, here we are. Uh, Taste, the taste, initial taste is very mild on the sip and then gradually warming and taking on some little bit of pepper on the tongue as you swirl the rum in your mouth and swallow it. Um, it's dry. It doesn't taste like it has much, if any, sugar added to it. Um, and accordingly, there's uh, not much really in terms of fruit notes. I got that more on the aroma than I did on the on the palate. Uh, a little heavier mouthfeel than some other lightly aged white rums, but only slightly. Uh, it's the sort of rum where I can... I can start to picture a lot of cocktail possibilities as I sip it. Um, it's a pretty sturdy rum that well represents its style. And then when it comes to finish, uh, the rum dried out on the finish for me. It had some nice mild heat, but didn't linger in your throat for long. So it wasn't bad. It just wasn't terribly complex. Ultimately, I don't think that this is a sipping rum for me, but it's actually a very good mixing rum. Uh, the blend brings some interesting elements to the glass, like the early heat that fades quickly and the, the, the little bit heavier body. Not a heavy body, but heavier than your typical column-stilled, um, lightly-aged rum. Now, before researching um, on this, I'm, again, these are notes I'm taking before I actually research the rum. I'm curious to know how similar the blend is to the Plantation 3-star 
and the Banks Five rum because uh, it seems very similar in style. Um, it, it, you know, is there just a little bit of Jamaican or Barbados distillate that gives it that extra push or that extra sturdiness? Um, this is a, a good choice for a daiquiri and a good choice for a cocktail that will feature the rum. Um, for instance, in a three rum cocktail, you may end up, it may end up burying this rum. Um, it would be silently delicious, but probably not, you know, overwhelmingly delicious. You wouldn't notice that it's the denison that's helping in that case. Um, you would really notice that just it's, it's not detracting from the flavor. So something you probably want to feature when it's a single rum or close to a single rum cocktail, uh, that's where this rum is really going to shine. Now, a little bit more about Denison and their aged white rum. Uh, a quick reminder on Denison, in case you haven't memorized episode 30 of this year program, and shame on you if you haven't. Uh, rum blend, the Denison is rum blenders that are based in Amsterdam. They're not distillers themselves. They take Caribbean rums and blend them to achieve a specific flavor, flavor profile. So according to the information on their website, the aged white rum is a blend of three rums from Trinidad and Jamaica. Uh, so point to Up the Grove for calling the Jamaican blend or the Jamaican element of this blend. Um, further, they go on to say that the rums that are that are in the blend are primarily a filtered, charcoal filtered rum from Angostura on Trinidad. So that's a, a column stilled rum that's then aged up to three years. So it's up to, excuse me, up to five years. And again, that's up to, so don't call it a five-year rum. It's just that some of the rums might be five years old in that blend. Uh, and that distillate, that column still lightly aged rum is, is aged in American oak. Now, the interesting bits are a small bit of unaged Trinidad rum that they add and what they call, quote unquote, trace amounts of a blend of Jamaican pot still high ester rum. So this rum is really blends all the way down. Um, and so, yes, there are small amounts of more distinct rums combined with a larger amount of the column still rum to produce something with a little bit more character than a straight column still filtered uh, lightly aged rum. Now, if I go off the official site and into the wilds of the internet, I can see what other information is available on this rum. Uh, the most comprehensive article I found was on the Cocktail Wonk website, um, and that will not come as no surprise to readers of that site, as uh, Matt from Cocktail Wonk does very um, in, does very well-written and well-researched articles on the rums. He also has stuff that's not rum-based, but of course I'm focusing on the rum-based articles. Uh, and he has a nice detailed write-up on the rum. There's a link to that article in the show notes. Now, Matt from Cocktail Wonk, he got a better idea of the percentages in the blend. So 80 of, excuse me, 80% of it is Trinidad rum, and then 20% of it is the Jamaican rum. So that's not exactly trace amounts, but the trace refers to the small amount of Jamaican rum referred to as Hamden. Hamden is the distillery, and the type of rum from Hamden is HOK. So in other words, there's a blend of Jamaican rums. There's a trace amount of this Hamden HOK, and that kind of gives it most of the character that it has in addition to some of the other pot-stilled Jamaican rums that are part of that 20%. Now, of the Trinidad 80% that, that's in that rum, 60% of that is the three- to five-year-aged column distillate, and the other 20% is the unaged Trinidad rum. Uh, Matt also, in his article, makes reference to Banks 5 and Plantation 3 when he's discussing this rum, so it's nice to know that I wasn't totally off in the woods when I initially made that comparison myself. Um, where can you find Denison uh, light, or excuse me, white-aged rum? Um, Denison seems to be expanding their, uh, their distribution a little bit. I used to only find it in better stocked liquor stores over the last couple of years, but now it's starting to show up in my local total wine. At least the merchant's reserve is. So be on the lookout for it and maybe ask your local store if they can order it for you. Uh, this rum is 40% alcohol by volume slash 80 proof and usually runs about 18 to $20 for a standard U S 750 milliliter bottle.
Now, the secret ingredient, if you will, in this uh, episode's cocktail is yuzu. Uh, why am I using yuzu? So in going about creating the themed recipe for, recipe for this episode and you know to tie it into TQS's 16, I wanted to incorporate at least a little flavor from something that wouldn't be uncommon in Japanese culture. So I started looking around and seeing what elements I could bring in. Uh, green tea was definitely a possibility I thought of. But for the type of cocktail I was planning, I only needed dilution from the ice. I didn't need, you know, to introduce any sort of tea as sort of a water substitute. So I passed on that, at least for now. Might use that in a punch later. Um, I also researched some Japanese spices, but frankly, I just ran out of time to experiment with those because I wasn't as familiar with them. And if I was going to make some sort of spice syrup with Japanese uh, spices, it was going to take a little bit of experimentation that I just didn't have time for. I wasn't going to be able to, to, you know, try different syrups and different formulations. So I also remembered from uh, a while back when I used to watch the Iron Chef America program that yuzu was something that chefs may use from time to time when they wanted citrus, but also wanted to be a little bit fancy. So I considered yuzu syrup, but ultimately decided to uh, purchase the second press yuzu juice and use that directly in uh, in the cocktail. Now, um, the miracle that is Wikipedia tells me that yuzu is a citrus fruit originating in East Asia. So score on that. Uh, the yuzu is thought to be a blend of sour mandarin orange and a papeda, which is also a sour fruit. A yuzu is typically some blend of orange and green in appearance with an uneven skin or sometimes looks like it has blemishes on it from the pictures I've seen. Uh, the fruit originated in China and Tibet and then made its way east into Japan. It's now most commonly found in J- uh, Japanese and Korean cuisine and culture. The juice itself is tart, making it to me an ideal component in a cocktail. It doesn't sound as though it is commonly eaten as fruit, but used more as juice and in seasoning capacities. Uh, Yuzu started popping up in Western cuisine and drink in the early 21st century. Uh, For instance, a number of smaller brewers use it in their seasonal or specialty products, so you might find a uh, Yuzu-flavored beer from your local craft brewer. Um, When it comes to fresh or not, uh, would fresh Yuzu juice be better? Um, Probably so. Uh, but I don't often encounter fresh yuzu in my daily travels. So when I do, I will purchase it and I'll report in on what change it makes. Um, I'm reasonably sure that the bottled juice I'm using is the equivalent of using uh, other bottled citrus that I wouldn't otherwise recommend, but at least for now, I don't know any better. Uh, I put a link in the show notes to the bottle I bought, and if anyone out there has tips on yuzu juice on where to find it, like where to find fresh yuzu juice or where um, what a good brand to buy is, um, if you're in the U.S., please let me know. Um, if you're overseas, uh, well, you can still let me know. It just will be a lot harder for me to find it. And that brings us to the recipe in this here episode. That is the Kaiju Kula. So the the Kaiju Kula has its origin in uh, the the drink called the or the cocktail called the Sumatra Kula. The Sumatra Kula was one of Don Beach's first cocktails when he opened his uh, cafe in 1934. Actually, served the Sumatra co- uh, Sumatra Kula cocktail as the welcome drink at the rum talk I gave at Tiki Caliente 15. Uh, It's a relatively simple drink in structure, but because it uses a combination of citrus, uh, in this case, in the Sumatra Kula's case, it uses lime, grapefruit, and orange, it gives it a little bit more complexity. And then instead of just using straight sugar as a sweetener, it uses honey. So on that merit, it at least gets some points for being more interesting than just uh, rum, citrus, and, and sugar. Now, as usually, I was inspired by this year's Tiki Oasis theme to create a cocktail that fits the mold. Um, last year, I did something that was a little more space-themed to fit the, the theme. This year, knowing that it was going to be monsters, I you know decided, all right, I'm going to find something that fits in, in, um, in that category. Now, it's an interesting assignment insofar as it gives me guidelines to work with. Instead of having a wide-open green field, there's a little bit of parameters on it. So I started with the name first and then created the cocktail to fit. 
Uh, that actually isn't always the best policy. In fact, often it's not a good policy at all. Uh, but I knew if I used the Sumatra Kula for inspiration and I called it the Kaiju Kula, I'd be on the right path. Um, and it would be not that difficult to adapt um, a fairly basic template into a different recipe that maybe gave it a little bit more of a, you know, uh, Eastern Asian feel. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, what is a kaiju? Kaiju simply translates from Japanese to strange beast. The modified version is daikaiju, which means giant beast or giant monster. So I assume at this point you see where this is going. Uh, Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and Gamera are all examples of daikaiju. Uh, there's also a loose connection to famous monsters from English language stories, such as vampires and mummies. Uh, for example, Frankenstein's monster appeared in Toho's The War of the Gargantuans, uh, and confusingly, Gargantua's monsters from the, uh, excuse me, Gargantua's is how Frankenstein's were referred to in the American version. So suffice to say, there is a connection, no matter how tenuous it might be. And in any case, this is a, a fun category of movie for those of us that also enjoy MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000, and kaiju movies, it's really kind of the best of both worlds. So I've run the Gamera Gambit getting ready for this year's Tiki Oasis, the whole five episode uh, series, run through them all. Um, and let's get on, you know, with all that background information settled, let's get on to the actual monster. The Kaiju Kula is one half ounce of fresh lime juice, one half ounce of white grapefruit juice, fresh if possible, one half ounce of yuzu juice, uh, right now bottled, but maybe someday in the future it'll be fresh yuzu juice. One half ounce of simple syrup, one and one half ounce of a blended lightly aged rum, in this case, Denison aged white rum, and one half ounce of grenadine. Combine with three quarters cup of crushed ice, all of those ingredients except for the grenadine, combine that in a spindle blender and mix for five seconds and pour unstrained into a small Pilsner glass. Then add more crushed ice to fill and drizzle the grenadine over the ice and garnish with mint. You, know, you may wonder just why all why were all those kaiju or strange beasts always fighting with each other anyways? Uh, likely over a good cocktail such as this. The kaiju kula, as I mentioned, has its roots with the uh, Sumatra kula. Um, this one is substituting, as you can tell, yuzu juice for the original's orange juice. Um, it's sort of a, a balance. It gives, you know, it's it's tart like the grapefruit and lime. Then you add a little bit, you can, you're able to add a little bit more sweetness. So, Think of it this way. The orange juice is a little bit sweeter than the lime juice and the grapefruit juice. Those tend to be more tart. So by adding another tart juice, then you're able to offset the fact that you're adding more sweet in terms of grenadine because in the original, you're only using honey. In this case, you're using two sweeteners, but the math kind of works out. Well, it's maybe not math, but the taste works out because you add a little bit more sour, then you're able to add a little bit more sweet from the grenadine. So uh, the lightly aged rum, in this case, the Denison white rum, really complements that strong citrus without disrupting the tension between that sweet and tart that we, I was just talking about. So um, in this case, you can sip lightly, uh, enjoy the Kaiju Kula, and you know, you know, throw on a Toho movie, throw on a, a monster movie, and um, enjoy your cocktail, and then enjoy a second cocktail. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. The show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe, you can rate the show, you can even leave a review on iTunes. The show is also on Twitter and Instagram as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol, number 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send in comments, corrections, feedback, and requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>